Mamma Mia. You're listening to KPFA, KPFB in Berkeley, KFCF in Fresno, K248BR in Santa Cruz, and online at kpfa.org. Welcome to Cover to Cover Javelin's Bistro. I am your host for the next half hour and delighted in this half hour to bring you the literary works of Teresa W. Bennett Wilkes. Uh, she'll be joining me in a couple minutes on the phone. Teresa's latest work is a collection of short stories called Anna May and the Preacher. Anna May and the, uh, the Preacher has been called one of those set of stories that will become your guilty pleasures. In her writing, she explores love, betrayal, honesty, identity, leavings, loss, and all the elements of being human. In her work, as I read the stories, had I not known, I would have actually thought that this was an anthology of various writers because the voice of each story was so incredibly different. Her ability to capture, to capture the voice of the characters in their varying degrees of life and to give them each a voice unique to them. Anna and the Preacher. So before we start our interview, what I'd like to say is that if you have, uh, would like to call in, if there's something inspiring you in the midst of this conversation, you can call 800-958-9008 or locally 510-848-4425. So I'd like to welcome my guest, as I said, the writer of Anna May and the Preacher, Teresa W. Bennett Wilkes. Teresa, are you there? Good evening. Good evening. Good. How are you? I'm good. So, I've just been sharing uh, with the listening audience that when I read the stories, I would have thought this was an anthology because the voices of the characters in the stories are so incredibly different. The style of writing that you chose or was chosen to do is so incredibly different. So, what I'd like to start off with is, is asking you, how were you able as a writer to create a multiple series of stories in each one in literary form and narrative and voice from one person. The universe, I, I, I feel it's, it gave them the stories to me and each character basically said to me, let me tell my story. Um, and that is how writers write. We, we're vessels. We, we receive and we allow the story to come through us. And so that, that's how I was able to do it because you're right. Anime is, is very different from Levon and, uh, or Deirdre or Audra. They are, they are all very different women. And so in the beginning of your book, you pay tribute to Dr. Maya Angelou. 
because she asked a series of questions and you were raising your hand to those questions when she asked who she was she demanded to know who would write the stories of black women I did because I was I, I wrote this collection of short stories almost 20 years ago almost 20 years ago and I enjoyed writing them and, and had all this had all these wonderful dreams and I'm going to get the book published and then I got scared and so I buried the manuscript I put it away and I did everything but pursue my passion to be a writer I wouldn't even allow myself to think about it seriously you know I would talk about I want to be an author I want to be an author but I wouldn't I, I did not allow myself to um really realize their dream. I even came back to the Bay Area where I'm from, self-published the first edition, ended up back here in North Carolina, and promised myself that I would do a second edition and that I would let it unfold in divine order, that I would not run, that I wouldn't be afraid, that I would embrace whatever came forward. And so when, uh, when, when Dr. Angelo passed away, uh, well actually before she passed away, I'd read this poem of hers before and it just, it really spoke to me. It was like, you know what? She's talking to you. You've written these stories. You've heard these voices. You have an obligation. And so it's like I raised my hand and said, okay, I'll do it. You know, let me step out of here and, see what I can do. So so that she she influenced me and I had the privilege of meeting her on a couple of occasions. So that also made a, a difference. She's one of my favorite authors. You know when you say that, uh the one piece that she wrote that, that spoke to you and also pushed you over the cliff as I think of it as we learn that we fly when we're pushed off of the cliff of and the cliff being our own fears. And when we're thrown off that or jump off that we began to fly. And so a part of the importance of me bringing writers to the listening audience is for those of us that need to be touched in a moment as you were touched by her and encouraged to to get your own, to have your own wings so now i i would believe that the characters that you have in anime and the preacher that some of the characters are going to speak specifically to, to someone listening or reading them one day. Tell us about Anna Mae and the Preacher. If I start, if you could, by reading a little bit of it, just to give us the voice of. Okay, well, let me... Oh, girl. Page 26. Page 26, thank you. <laughs> Anna Mae and the Preacher. <laughs> all right. Okay, all right. Well, here, I'm not even going to... I'm going to go... Let's start here with, this morning, New Bethel welcomes our new pastor, the Reverend Dr. Clinton Forbes. I know y'all want to know his credentials. Yes, he's got a bachelor's, a master's, and he done got his doctor's too, but none of this is important. No, he's got the education, and he's got the calling. He's been anointed with the spirit, and he loves the Lord. Amens and hallelujahs was rising like crashing cymbals. Brother man was working the crowd, baby, working it. 
Have mercy. The sermonic selection was order my steps, and the choir turned it out. Yes, ma'am, you would have thought Jesus himself was in this place. Then Reverend Brother Pastor got up. Lord, have mercy. He moved slowly to the pulpit. I bring you greetings, my sisters and brothers in Christ. I greet you in the name of Jesus' joy. Shouts of amen, hallelujah, and praise the Lord echoed back. Dr. Forbes is a tall man, honey, about six feet four. He got skin the color of smooth, creamy peanut butter. Boyfriend got a beard, too. Got a little gray in it. But it looks good, honey. I got to say it. Boyfriend looks good. I love all them fancy words he uses. Got to learn me some of them. You never know when they're going to come in handy. Why, I could have listened to him preach all day. Yes, indeed. I surely could have. The congregation, well, they was eating him up, hanging on to his every word. Please turn in your Bibles to Second Kings chapter 5. You did bring your Bibles this morning, didn't you? He smiled sensuously while peering over his glasses. Would a carpenter go to work without his tools? Why come to church without God's word? Oh, the faithful broke out in wild applause. My subject this beautiful Sunday morning is a brand new man. More clapping, amens, and all right now could be heard as we shifted gear in undisguised expectation. Reverend Brother Pastor was working the crowd, and May was eating it up. <laughs> I absolutely, when I, um, when I took your, um, your collection of short stories on the plane, that's, I, ha- I didn't know what to anticipate. And when he, there's a section where he lifts his leg a little higher and roared. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I, the image of a... On, on, on the sixth try, right, Reverend Brother Pastor right, raised right, his robe and lifted his left right, leg. Right, and, right, and, right. and I was so involved in it on the on the plane. I could see the folks, amen, hallelujah, hats flying, animated, people <laughs> jeering, choir, bouncing, piano player, everybody. Yeah, everybody <laughs> talking. And all of a sudden I started started laughing and hollering on the plane. I'm like, okay, now, this is exactly how they will meet you and handcuff you. <laughs> it was so beautiful. Very rich. And so let's let's now go to another story, because I would love the audience to have a sense of, they just heard you uh, read from a space of these are two women who are they're going to church they want to meet this new preacher which is a really big thing so you caught that voice you caught the sense of the church now read us another another uh a short story an excerpt to see i want to hear the shift for the audience and and also if anyone would like to have a copy uh caller number five you would get a copy that uh Teresa has said she was sent to the station you're listening to excerpts of her latest work, Anime and the Preacher, a collection of short stories. Uh, Guilty Pleasures is what on the back it tells you. So the fifth caller, if you call and ask for a copy uh, of Anime and the Preacher, then we will get your number. She will mail the copy to the station. I'll give you a call. You can pick it up at the station. All right. So what do you have? What do you want to read to us now? I'm going to read the end of a long term. Alone. That's uh, a 
a wrong time. A wrong time. Tell us about it. What's the story about before we go into the language? It's a story of a of a really bright, very intelligent, very able young woman who has an affair with a married man. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. Major appreciated Charles, and he loved her for it. She valued him as a friend and a lover. She cared about him. And he truly thought he couldn't get enough of this feeling. Well, Chuck convinced himself Ree never loved him in the same way. Once she began talking about their 25th wedding anniversary, he felt some other stirring. Guilt, perhaps? His dilemma was painfully simple. How did 25 years of marriage compare with three years of the best sex he'd ever had? Well, surprise, surprise, surprise. What are you doing here? Stunned, he looked up into Mitchell's face. A quizzical smile slid across her lips. She stood facing him, one hand on her hip. I could ask you the same thing, he shot back angrily, then more calmly. I got lost leaving Ashton Oaks and missed my two o'clock flight. Oh, I should have known. You are so lousy with directions, she relaxed. Smiling. We've got about 50 minutes before we board. How about a drink? Yeah, he said, I guess I could use one. Peddler's Lounge was located in yet another corner of the terminal. Patrons sat, mostly alone, nursing drinks and dreams, bored out of their minds from waiting for this flight or the next one. A big screen television showed the Washington Redskins beating the crap out of the Carolina Panthers again. Charles ordered for them an imported beer for Nedra and a diet soda for himself. Are you feeling any better, baby? She asked, sipping her drink. This trip really didn't go well, Charles. What's wrong? I don't even know if I can tell you, he answered slowly, and no, I can't say I do feel better. When will I see you again? We didn't set anything up. He didn't answer. I'm going to be in Atlanta mid-November. My travel arrangements aren't firm, and I'm not sure of the... Let's not, he said abruptly, then lapsed into another strange silence. Let's not what? See each other again in Atlanta? Yes, let's not see each other again. Why? Because it is Atlanta? Nedra felt panicked. She knew what was coming. No. Then why? You can at least tell me why. I've had a hell of a day. It's costing me 800 bucks more to get out of this place. And I'm not gone yet, he snapped. Will this do for an answer? Charles, sweetheart, I'm not responsible for your wrong turn, but I am entitled to some respect and consideration. Respect? Respect for whom? I have none. For either of us. As for consideration, how's this? I'm going home. To my wife. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. And you know what I like about the character, the female, is that first of all, to, to have to ask somebody for, to tell you a reason why they're about to upset your life or say a goodbye just shows a lack of consideration. But for her to be able to say, "I deserve that," so I like that your characters do fight for their voice in their in their 
some of them in their minds as they're going through the situation or talking to themselves, which we all do, so they can make the right mm-hmm. choice. And mm-hmm. I, absolutely. What was the inspiration behind this particular story? I know you're inspired by the, the you know, the, the muses that say, this is the story that I, I need you to tell. What do you think the, the purpose of this muse was? What was at the core of it? Probably, uh, Nessa's a, a young woman. She's an attorney. Charles is an attorney. And he, he comes into her life because of, uh, of a, um, business decision that she persuades her employers to make. Um, she seems to me to be a young, to, to be an example of someone who knowingly gets into something can't help herself, and then uh, as the story unfolds, she recognizes that it's not working out. Um, and she, you, you look at the sacrifices she makes in her relationship with her best friend and with other people um, so that she can be with this guy and um, how it and how their uneasy relationship affects the people that she's around because the, the story takes place at a private um, uh, golf course, a uh, uh, private club in, out in in horse country in Virginia, and it's a, it's a golf trip. It's like about a five day golf trip. So, and it's they're not the only two people there. There's you know maybe a dozen or so other folks, and it's a, a clubby kind of setup. And so they are having to to be affected by it because, of course, her golf game is affected by the fact that, you know, this man is unhappy and it's getting in the way. So, um, Did any of your characters actually surprise you? They all do. Okay. They all do. One of the things that I came to realize about my stories Mm -hmm. is that there are messages in uh, writers uh, are also messengers, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just—I uh, I was just amazed at, uh, and continue to be amazed every time I have an opportunity to share anime and the preacher with someone. I, I continue to be amazed by what um, comes forward, comes forth, and and how I hear certain messages, and and uh, I'm also always fascinated by how others feel about it because uh, I made a decision that it did not matter to me how someone perceives my work. Uh, as a writer, if I can evoke a reaction, then I've done my job. And that's my greatest desire is to be effective in what I do. So how someone else sees what I write or perceives it is it is just it opens my mind to new possibilities. So I'm always grateful for the input. What's your website? So people want to go to your website to order a book or to see some of the work that you're doing. It's www.alwaystheresa a l w a y s t h e r e s a dot com. Remember, there's an H in my Teresa. That's what I like to tell people because so often my name gets misspelled. But there's an H in my Teresa. 
Okay. And then also on your website, there's a video clip of you reading. Yeah, this from is, yes. uh, Audra's wedding. Uh huh. Yes, I would love you to read an excerpt of that. Oh, okay. Yes, um. because and while you're looking for the passage, what? And you can go on her website and see her reading. Is that in North Carolina where you're reading with a group of women? Oh yes, yeah. yes, actually, uh, that's right. I was at I was right. a book signing hosted by um, my church. Okay, yeah. and what I enjoyed about the video and then reading the story is this is about a, a, a woman who who calls a man that she left for another man. So she leaves him, uh, yes, leaves him for another man because the other man is all the it fits the criteria of what a good man is in terms of income and, and profession. And so it's something goes wrong, and so now yeah. she's back square one and so she actually calls a man that she loves and uh, had always loved and knew that he knew her you know different between just loving but in the message i got is that he knew her and loved her right those are two different talk right. shows you someone can yeah. love you and not really know you yeah and, yeah so when she calls him he does show up and i it brought up a question to me that when i read when i, I saw the video and then you and i talked I wondered how many uh, how many people in the world can call someone at any time, day or night, that they have broke their heart seemingly and say, I need to talk to you, and they show up. That's a good question. Yes. That is a very good question. Yes. And I frankly do not have the answer because <laughs> I, I would think that just it, speaking to that, just as a as a woman, as another human being, right. I don't know if I have, I, I have the capacity to be that forgiving and understanding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but this this story fascinated me. And what's interesting about Audra's wedding is that uh, Jimmy Ralph, mm -hmm. the man who left her that she walked away from, he's he's a sympathetic character, and people like him. They don't like her. But they like him. They like him. So let me just share a little bit here. All right. What do you want from me, Audra? Your friendship, I guess. I guess I need to know how you feel about me. It was what she didn't say which weighed on him. Four years and counting were lost to something she either couldn't or wouldn't explain to his satisfaction. From where he sat, it pretty much sounded like she never would. You want my friendship, and you want to know how I feel about you? Well, I'm here now. Doesn't this tell you something? I loved you, Audra. I loved you so much, and I still do. I thought, this is me talking now. I thought we were going to get married and live our lives together. Um, this is what I thought because this is what we talked about. I, uh, I thought we were planning, uh, for a life together. Hell, you even wanted a fancy wedding with a designer made white dress, a fancy veil, and a, a 27 foot train. You insisted on me wearing a tuxedo with a cummerbund and all. I would have done it for you too, every bit of it, because I thought it was what we both wanted. I thought. Again, this is me talking. I thought we had a good thing going. 
You walked away from it for months without so much as a goodbye. One day you loved me, the next day you couldn't see me anymore, and you were gone. I admit I didn't see it coming, but, oh, man, when you decided it was over, I mean, well, what the hell can I say, Audra? You were calling the shot. I know, and I guess I should apologize. Apologize? Apologize for what? You did exactly what you wanted to do. I was certainly no match for your self-centered Ivy League punk, the one you dumped me for. He is the reason you left me, right? I wasn't good enough for you then, but I might be now. No, I mean, yes, I mean, I don't know. I, uh, well, I uh, I made a lousy de- decision, and, and I am sorry. I know an apology doesn't do much, but you're here now, and, and I'm wondering if we can possibly get past all this and find our way back to each other. Her own words surprised her. You, you say you're wondering. Guess you're wondering if I'm wondering too, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering too. Her eyes were pleading with him. Now she really knew why she reached out to him. Audra desperately hoped it wasn't for nothing. I don't want to have to start out all over again, she thought miserably. Mm. I don't know, Audra. Yeah, I can stop now. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I see why. You say many of the listeners, when you do your readings, don't have a lot of sympathy for her. <laughs> it doesn't seem like she's had a lot of reflective thinking. But tell, well, tell our audience what happened in the beginning. What happened with her wedding? What, what, what happened with that whole thing? Well, she thought that uh, she and Claude were going to get married. And he basically told her that, they weren't on the same page. In fact, he didn't realize she was serious. So she had been, uh, and this, this is, this is fascinating to me. She'd been involved with someone and had a set of expectations of him that she thought were mutual. And she discovers quite by accident that not only are they not mutual, it's something he hasn't thought about at all. And he has another woman. Right. He this she is okay. so yes. she left a man who loved her and knew her to involve herself with a man who she assumed would be on the same page based on their professional background. Goes mm-hmm. in her mind setting up this life that she had with the other person had been talking about and mm-hmm. realizing the current mm-hmm. man she's with has a whole nother life with another woman. So there's a clueless well, and in fact he you know, there's a right. Yes. That's Audra's biggest, um, her, her greatest failing is that she's clueless. She's clueless. And in her cluelessness, she made some decisions and choices that came back to, to haunt her. Now, she gets over the fact that she's not going to have this wedding that she wanted, but suddenly she decides, I want to, I want to be, I want to go back to the man I love, you know. Mm-hmm. So in the last couple minutes that we have to talk, I know it went so fast, uh, I want to just say to the audience, we're actually going to take Anime and the Preacher to Bennett College. You want to talk a little bit about that? This is where you and your family, three generations, have gone to this, to this college. Tell us a little bit about that and what we're going to do. 
Uh, I am a second generation second Bennett generation. Bell. Bennett, yes, Bennett College is the older of the of the nation's two historically black colleges for women, located in Greensboro, North Carolina, and it has been a college for women for 90 years this year. We're celebrating our 90th year as a women's college. And you and I, or rather you, are doing a one-woman show yes. called Up All Night. Up All Night. Based on anime and the preacher because you were up all night reading the book. <laughs> and on the plane, about to be seen as trouble because I'm in the choir. I'm in church. <laughs> so I want to thank you so much for bringing us anime and the preacher. Uh, you've been listening to Teresa W. Bennett Wilkes reading from excerpts from her book. And I'll find out who the fifth caller was that we will be sending a book that will, uh, Teresa will send us a book and then you'll be able to pick it up at the station. So, Teresa, I want to thank you for being my guest. Thank you for the invitation, Javelin. Wonderful. I'm delighted. Absolutely. So um, anyone else, you can go to her website to see, to pick up a book and also to see what else she's working on and where she'll be next to do a reading. Uh, so thank you for listening. I'm Javelin. I've been your host, uh, Javelin's Bistro, and I'll see you next time I see you. Bye, Teresa. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Lawrence Ross is coming to Berkeley to discuss his explosive new book, Blackball, the black and white politics of race on America's campuses. Lawrence exposes the deep racist traditions throughout America's white fraternity and sorority system. He also describes other racist practices now occurring on college campuses across the country and calls for radical changes. KPFA and Hard Knock Radio's own Davy D will be in conversation with Lawrence on Wednesday evening, February 3rd, starting at 7.30 at First Congregational Church in Berkeley, 2345 Channing Way, just one block from the Cal campus. There is wheelchair access at this KPFA benefit. Get advanced tickets at brownpapertickets.com or at Indie Book.